Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son to us and of your word that reveals your Son. I ask that you'd help us to hear and to respond again to your calling to us this day. Amen. Do you have a plan for your life? Do you have dreams and visions for how things will turn out? Perhaps you're dreaming of that white wedding or of serious academic success. Perhaps you're dreaming of growing old with someone special. Perhaps you still plan to be the best in your profession and to conquer the world. Maybe you once dreamt of having perfect children. I did. I once held a dream that everything and everyone around me would be amazing, would be incredibly intelligent, smart, funny, amazingly well-behaved, straight teeth, sound in mind and limb. A dream, then, that children would be perfect. Quite why, when I'm clearly not perfect, is one of those puzzles of humanity. But we hold these dreams, and for me it was a dream about our children. Often, though, that dream only holds until they are born, or for some of us perhaps a little longer, and then those dreams are shattered by the realities of life, of developmental issues perhaps, of behavioural issues. That discovery of self-will is a particular um, shattering of dreams, I suspect, or of particular life choices or whatever it might be. Perhaps your shattered dreams lie in a different direction. Perhaps there's a death of a loved one. Perhaps disease of your body. Perhaps not being fairly appraised at work or held back by other issues. Decaying of a relationship. Perhaps your own history. And so we can feel quite broken. We can feel that we are perhaps let down by God, by the universe he put us in, by our own bodies. Oh dear, I'm not being very cheerful for just a week before Christmas. Let's take a break and watch this video. I know it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault that someone is born with a, with a disability. But then you still feel like, but why did this happen to us? Welcome to all of you. Please take a seat. We want to now share a nativity treat. This story of Christmas, we tell it in rhyme. Some actors have lines. Why are some of us mime? I was overwhelmed with grief uh, at the loss. I thought a beautiful baby has got Down syndrome and it's such a disaster. Meanwhile, great Caesar, Augustus in Rome, made a decree to return to your home. For Joseph, this ruling meant Bethlehem town. So they rode on their donkey all the way down. God didn't give me a straightforward answer of why this happened. It just took time for me to realize God's answer was, wasn't so much what was wrong with Levi as much as there was something wrong with the way I was thinking. Mary was speechless. She didn't know how these things could have happened, but still she bowed. I think of Mary, of all she goes through. It's not her plan, it's God's plan. She just goes with it. She's humble, she's calm. She's reassured by the fact that everything's going to be okay. For he has remembered me, his lowly servant. From now on, all the people will call me happy. He has brought down mighty kings from the throne and lift up the lowly. 
what we learned um, was that God was with us. God suffered with us, and um, and He gave us the most beautiful child. And there was no reason for me to grieve or compare her, or you know, um, you know, feel sorry for her. You know, in my old view, before she taught me, I thought she would lack. She's not lacking. So gather the world that we may be boy, all people are welcome and know heaven's joy. From angels to donkeys, from shepherds to king, the little Lord Jesus, God's welcome he brings. He came to our darkness from heaven above, he stooped to the crib and the cross out of love. He shared in our weakness and weakness and mess. And still he embraced us nevertheless. If you're feeling rejected, excluded, a stranger, remember the one who came down to the manger. Did you notice the way the mum refocused herself? She said there was something wrong with the way I was thinking. And then she said that she had no reason to grieve or to compare her daughter or in any way feel sorry for her daughter. For she said she is not lacking. In a similar way, do you think that Mary and Joseph had dreams about their future? I suspect those dreams could have revolved around a a big celebratory wedding, uh, sorting out a nice house, made by Joseph, of course, and then having children. The news the angel brought rather broke that kind of dream. Instead, it brought a baby out of wedlock, and soon they were asylum-seeking political refugees. But in some ways, I actually rather like Matthew's Gospel, because in it we get no hint of census and the assumed long walk, or was it a ride? We get no hint of an inn, but actually you've got to blame the King James Version for that one. It wasn't Luke. Or of Bethlehem being a strange place for the couple. Come on, it was Joseph's home turf. It's where his relatives lived. But let's go back to Mary and Joseph. Somehow there wasn't need for mourning about that future now lost. For the angel said, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So somehow that makes it all right, does it? Perhaps we need to look at names to understand things a bit more. The angel said to give him the name of Jesus. Jesus from Joshua, meaning the Lord saves. And no wonder, because the angel goes on and says, you have to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's a name then that tells us of this baby's role on earth. Imagine having a name 
that reveals your purpose in life? What would you be? Would you rename yourself dreamer, wastrel, beloved, grafter? I don't know. But let's, let's keep moving. The other name that is used in the passage we've had comes from Matthew the Gospel writer who picks up on that old prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which includes that they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this is no ordinary baby conceived who knows how. This baby is God with us. Well, that becomes sort of reasonable if you think of the Holy Spirit as the daddy, but but no. Otherwise, you end up talking about, oh, isn't he sweet? He's got Mary's nose, but he's got ears like the Holy Spirit. It just doesn't work, does it? Instead, we have to talk of Jesus as being fully God and fully human. And so this is God in the person of Jesus laying aside his majesty and taking human form. God with us. And then the baby's life has a particular and very grand design, for he is the one who will save his people from, his, from their sins. So imagine then Mary carrying this baby, which is actually of clear origin and with clear purpose. No wonder the couple's own dreams were okay to be laid aside as they became players in this drama of the Incarnation. Also, I suggest to you it's no wonder that Paul, looking back on the life of Jesus, tells us about his own stance. He writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And that was a quote from Habakkuk chapter 2. In other words, Mary and Joseph's human earthly dreams might have been shattered. But as they discovered their place in God's plans, so they were content to take whatever humiliation and deprivation that came their way as they served the purposes of God. You might say the same for Paul. We know he once had a goal in life, which was to eradicate this sect of Jesus worshippers. That dream, too, was shattered as Jesus broke into his life and spoke words of truth, words of life, words that meant there was a repurposing of Paul's energies and zeal. Thus, he can confidently write, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. What about us then? Are we going to believe Or are you going to believe that your purpose is spent because your particular dream is shattered, however unrealistic it was to start with? Are you going to believe that your life is pretty much worthless now? Or are you going to to be depressive this Christmas time as the whole routine of life changes? That routine which you have crafted around you such that, dare I say it, you have become 
comfortably numb? Or are you going to find again God's dream for you? God's purpose for your life? God's calling to you not to be ashamed of the gospel. That is the good news that he has brought to us and still brings to us. Are you going to believe that good news about Jesus? Who is both God with us, which he is even today by his spirit, but also that good news about Jesus, who is the one who will save his people from their sins. Are we going to believe that this good news is the power of God that brings salvation? Salvation, so yes, that saves us from our sins, but also saves us from our shattered dreams, from our false dreams, from our self-centered dreams as we are enfolded into that drama of God's work in us and through us on this earth. It's a dream that is indestructible, that is God-given, that is about your character and your relationship with the Almighty. It's a dream that includes joy. For remember the angel said, I come, we come bearing good news of great joy. So this week, this Christmas tide, will you really properly, with both feet, join the righteous who live by faith? Faith in this Jesus who saves us, who gives us purpose and hope.